Welcome, one and all, to the latest episode of EG Like Sunday Morning, in which I am once again joined by two of the biggest talents in real estate news, Deputy Editor Tim Burke and Resi reporter Akanksha Sonny. Um, the sun is shining, the temperatures are soaring. How are you both doing this week? Full of summer vibes. It's great, That's isn't it? <laughs> uh, Tim, I trust you are feeling, still feeling suitably refreshed after a half-term break, even though that is a week ago now. Yeah, it was... Um... It was nice. My um, my wife was doing a lot of um, schoolwork as a teacher during it. So uh, I, it was just me keeping an eye on the lads and trying to steer them out of trouble. So actually, it was it was harder work than being in the office when I think about it. Uh, welcome. Oh, I, we've discussed this many times, but such is the lot of being married to a teacher. <laughs> uh, the weekends and holidays are, are spent working harder than uh, when they're actually at work, as far as I can tell. This is true. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you guys have also been hard at work this week, uh, as have our colleagues. And Tim, uh, you're, you're doing a little bit of uh, uh, stars in their eyes, stepping into the shoes of uh, this week. Uh, <laughs> just uh, the magazine uh, starts, uh, as is now traditional, with the EG interview, uh, in which Pui discussed uh, no less important a topic than the future of retail with former Intu chair and current P3 consultant, John Strawn. Uh, what insights uh, did he have to share? A lot. Um, this, is a, this is a really great piece um, that, that, that Pui got from her sit down with John. So it is three years to the month since the demise of Intu, which, um, which John was, was chair of. It weirdly feels like longer than that. It shows mm. you how much has, um, how much has changed in, in the years since. But Pui sat down with him and asked him to to look back at that period and then pull out some of the the learnings and, and the lessons from what happened there. So he talks about um, how much tougher it is leading a public company than a than a private company. In fact, says he would he would never want to go back to um, to chairing uh, a company on the public markets again. He reminisces on just how badly retail property owners like Into were hit by the pandemic and all the issues around rent collection during um, during the COVID-19 crisis. Digs into the amount of debt that Into was laden with, which is which is uh, an interesting topic because uh, John is adamant that uh, the amount of borrowing on the books wasn't. Uh, among the problems that saw mm. into collapse, but I think there are there are probably a number of analysts uh, who covered that company at the time that would um, that would disagree with that. But th the piece isn't just about into, and and even when it is, um, I think there's a bigger story there to tell. As you say, John's now a consultant at P3, which is a specialist retail agency, uh, used to lead global retail for Cushman and Wakefield, and so. Beyond just reminiscing on on Into for that anniversary, he talks through what he thinks is going to happen next in uh, both the retail market and the retail real estate market. And I think what's interesting here uh, and makes this a sort of must read uh, is that this is um, this is relevant regardless of whether you're dealing in in retail property or not. Uh, there is talk now um, about offices that sounds very similar to the way people spoke about retail property just a few years ago um you know a sector that's having to rethink what the end users want uh, a sector that uh, has seen the difference between the very best and the very worst buildings become even more stark a sector that a lot of people are really going to struggle in and you're probably going to see a lot of assets that are simply 
um, unviable to continue being used for, for the purposes that they were. So I think John's views on how that journey has played out in retail are probably going to be interesting to people in a lot of other sectors as well. It's um, it's a really great read. And and if you've read a, a Pui EG interview before, you know what you're going to get with this. It's like you're it's like you're sitting there with John having a, a cup of coffee yourself. It's um it's top stuff. And actually, Pui Pui also has an interview with uh, New Rivers Alan Lockhart in. I was in this going to I was too. going to say that's true. Yeah, the, the, uh, discussing the resilience of of retail with him, and it, it seems there's 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 life in the old high street yet. Uh, yeah, I think there is, and it's back to you know, it's back to where you where you look for um for the silver linings, and I, I think um, you know, Alan is Alan is uh, is giving a message there that that New River has stood by for um for a long time. That conviction is obviously still still strong, uh, but yeah, it, it it feels like um it feels like if you're looking in the right spots of that market, you can see a you can see a corner being turned. So two top two top retail interviews from Pui there, buy one get the- one free. For the, yeah, for the price of one. Uh, great, great minds think alike. We both have to do the same, the same yeah. quiz there. Well done. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, Akanksha, uh, as ever, you've had a, an action-packed week. Uh, so shall we take uh, the housing plans of London mayoral hopeful Samuel Kasumu first? Sure, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I got to sit down with Kasumu at an SAB group event um, just last week. And yeah, he's running for London Mayor for the next year. He was a former Downing Street advisor to Boris Johnson. Um, and he's going hard on housing. It's one of his top priorities from what he's mm-hmm. saying. Um, so he talked about his plans to make boroughs um, with slow housing developments more accountable. So basically every borough will have to submit data on just how many planning applications they've approved, how many homes they've gotten built, how many obstacles they've had to overcome, stuff like that. And then the data will be easily accessible by the public as well. And those at the bottom quartile um, will have to give a public accounting of why their results are so low. So mm-hmm. he said, um, just, you know, when dealing with the housing crisis, the government has tried this carrot approach with boroughs for a long time, and now it's tra- time to try the stick. Um, so he's really <laughs> going all in on this, mm. um, on building more homes, because another agenda of his is to reopen the London plan. Um, mm-hmm. We all know the housing crisis has just gotten worse. The government hasn't reached its 52,000 homes a year target. And Kasumu predicts that that target actually has to be 60,000 to start with. And in a couple more years, it's going to reach 100,000 because that's just the rate we're going at right now. Um, And then he also talked about how he is completely against rent control, which would be good news to investors and developers in the UK everywhere other than Scotland. and um, when I asked him about just, you know, what he thought on rent controls, he had very strong opinions about how Salih Khan needs to focus on things he has the power to do. So mm. if you want to read more about it, go ahead. Uh, I mean, housing is a is a vote winner. It's likely to, to you know, yeah. anything that rolls out that more in, in the capital is, is likely to be a vote winner. I don't know what the what the buzz is. I don't know if you've checked the bookmaker's odds, uh, how how likely or not you know, he'll be the next mayor? I'd say it's going to be announced soon, though. I think it's in the next week or the next to next. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll know if he's in the running properly yeah. by then. Okay, right. So, 
uh, we'll, you'll no doubt be keeping on top of that. Um, and uh, you've also this week um, been uh, taking a look at Henley Investment Management's first logistics and resi scheme. Yes. Uh, so where is it uh, and what do they have planned? Um, so it is in Hammersmith um, and Fulham. Uh, it's going to be approved later this year. And it's actually a really interesting scheme because Henley is going all in on mixed use schemes. Um, one of their biggest concerns was that um, capital allocators don't understand mixed use schemes to this point, whereas developers and the local government and um, the public, everyone wants a mix of users from any development that goes into their any uh, local area. So um, this scheme is a logistics beds and sheds scheme. Um, it's located in the, it's called the Albert and the Swedish Wharf. Um, and it's a 55,000 square feet logistic depot with about 300 flats on top of it. Um, Henley has signed um, has signed over uh, a long-term lease of the scheme to Port of London Authority subject to planning. And um, it's really great location because you have uh, Amazon Prime um, you have Amazon Prime coming into that walk to deliver last mile logistics. So if things go through, this could be a really great scheme. And of course, that's the future. That's what's needed there because we all need housing, but then we also need these things to make it all work together. We need employment. And hmm. um, and then they also went all in on how mixed use schemes are really the future because um, another thing that Henley is doing is they're focusing on being a master developer. Mm-hmm. They are focusing heavily on retail to resi users. So in Birmingham and Manchester, they've acquired old retail centres that they're uh, converting to mixed use schemes, residential led mixed use schemes. So that's another factor that they're really focusing on. Um, and uh, yeah, they have 10 to 15 years to finish these schemes that they've already signed to. And in Warwick's words, come hell or high water, they will be completing <laughs> those schemes. So. Hopefully not too high, the water. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't well, be ideal, would it? They're already uh, being tested on all grounds. <laughs> uh, so that's retail, resi, logistics. Uh, why not turn our attention to offices and our chameleon-like deputy editor uh, can this time put himself in the shoes <laughs> of Shante. Um, <laughs> after, uh, she's, she's earned herself a rest after appearances on the last four episodes of EG Light Sunday Morning, a record-breaking streak. But I was going to say, it may never be equal, right? It absolutely has to be. Who knows whether that will ever be equaled? Uh, but uh, you are here to deliver some contrasting office stories this week, Tim. Um, yeah, I am. So um, basically, Shante um, uh, offered some some pretty big, bold office news, and then I offered mm. some quite sad, small <laughs> yes. office news. But I think between them, uh, they sort of tell you something about how polarized. <laughs> The, the workplace market in the capital has got. It's um, what makes you such a good team. The, there we the go. I agree. I agree. <laughs> um, so uh, Shante gave EG's readers um, their first look at Landsex plans to redevelop 55 and 65 uh, Old Broad Street in the Square Mile, which is a site that the that the company bought back in 2020. Um, and the plans give you some some quite interesting insight into what Landsec obviously thinks a, a, a scheme that it's doing in the capital is is going to have to offer. Um, they are promising, and this is a quote, anything but a conventional city tower, which is the kind of line you expect to find in a in a planning document. But having said that, I mean it, it is genuinely. Um, 
uh, across these 23 stories. It, it's genuinely a, just sort of a mix of not just office, but but cultural and retail. And even the the workspace that they're proposing is um, is being approached a little differently. So Landsec wants to develop what it's calling an affordable incubator for um, micro and small businesses in creative or cultural industries or even light industrial sectors as well. So the idea will be that they have floors of this tower um, that are only given to qualifying users. And so what they're going to what they're going to mean by that is that if you take that space, you have to have fewer than 10 full time staff. So you're a small company. You can't have been in business for um, longer than a decade and you can't have any ties in terms of sort of ultimate ownership to any larger company that's that's operated for for longer than a longer than a decade. So it'll be genuinely entrepreneurial um, fledgling young companies that, that get to, get to take space in this new scheme. And then they'll have other floors within the building that um, that have affordable, flexible desks, again, for, for small companies. And there too, they'll have rules around who can take them, how many desks you're allowed to take. So you can't, if you're, you know, a big corporate that wants flex space, um, waltz in and ask for 25 or, or 50 desks, you'll have a, a kind of barrier on, on that too. Um, and so it feels like, okay, it is a city tower, but it, but it, in truth, it doesn't feel like um, it doesn't feel like just a, a normal workspace. And probably the most exciting thing about it is that it's a stone's throw from EG Towers. So um, mm. if they get it signed off, the construction noise around that is going to be um, <laughs> is going to be a joy to uh, it's going to be a joy to deal with. Uh, with with my legal and my desk. <laughs> it will be it will literally yeah. you can turn your head from where you sit yeah. and um, and watch those works in progress. Uh, with my legal and professional hat on, uh, it sounds like there's some be some fascinating lease terms involved uh, in in controlling those uh, those tenants and the, those unusual requ requirements. Let's get some op eds lined up already. <laughs> good, good. And uh, your your own uh, contrasting office story, Tim. Um, so uh, I reckon you could walk from 55 Old Broad Street to 131 Cannon Street in. I go, I go at a fair old pace. I reckon it'd take you about 10 minutes to mm. uh, walk between them, but they are, they are worlds apart. Um, <laughs> so one, 131 to 133 Cannon Street is, um, is a pretty drab, pretty cramped seven story uh, office block with, um, uh, with, uh, I think it's a currency, currency exchange house on the, on the ground floor, yeah. right opposite Cannon Street station. So it's in a great location. Um, but it's it's a pretty poor asset, and the owner has had enough, and wants to turn it into flats. And we've you know we've written a few stories recently. Akanksha has been all over this trend of of people looking at office to resi conversions. What's particularly interesting in these this change of use plan going in is that it gives you a, a lot of the rationale and a lot of the numbers behind why a, an owner would would want to make that that change. So um, it spells out how tough things have got if you're trying to lease a shabby office. So this building has been 60% um, empty for quite some time now, a vacancy rate of 60%. I've done the maths, that's more than half. Um, <laughs> and the agents that are trying to fill it um, have put together a, a sort of market market report as part of this pitch. They say there's little prospect of them attracting anyone to be in it. And, and the reason they've worked that out is that in 12 months, they had just one potential tenant show interest in taking that space. Um, and they didn't even take it. One. 
Which is rude, I d- frankly. I've done the maths on this as well. One <laughs> is very close to none. Um, I suppose the good news here is that if if the owner uh, gets a change of use sign off and then gets the plans pushed through, they reckon that they could lift the market value of that building by more than 50%. Um, which is half. Which is 50 Well, more than 50% is more than half, isn't it? True. Honestly, I'm much better at the words than I am with these numbers. I found this story quite difficult to work my way through. Um, but look, as I, as I say, we've had a lot of these stories come through mm. recently. Um, Akanksha did a great piece uh, a few weeks back now about um, this trend really starting to emerge in, in the middle of Birmingham. Um, you're starting to see how the numbers just make this uh, kind of a no-brainer if you're struggling with, um, with a rundown workspace. I'm, Akanksha, I'm sure you're, you're happy with, with more of London's buildings transferring oh, from Shantae's patch into your patch. <laughs> Yes, the, the, ter- the, the, the turf war between our <laughs> reporters. Uh, <laughs> okay, so last week uh, saw the glorious return of the quiz of the week after far too long away, and it is still the perfect quickfire way to round up uh, the rest of the week and what some of your colleagues have been doing. So uh, I am going to put you to the test. Uh, Akanksha, would you like to go first or second? I'll go first. Uh, okay, and uh, we're, we're going to rush you on the an- on the answers. We don't want any any chicanery going on. What chicanery is no that? Long, what have I missed? No, 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 no. Just in case anyone it occurred to anyone to 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 try actually looking at the EG website for answers whilst we're on the quiz. I, I reckon we're, I'll be able to see a reflection in Akanksha's glasses on the screen. <laughs> oh, she right. <laughs> Shouldn't wear glasses. <laughs> uh, never, never play poker, uh, Akanksha. Uh, <laughs> okay. Did you say question one? Yes. Okay, so percentage reduction in business rates will health club operator Nuffield Health enjoy on its Merton Abbey gym premises after a Supreme Court ruling this week? Ah, crap. Shouldn't go on second. (laughs) (laughs) Take a point. I'm going to say more than half. It is more than half, which is technically awesome. correct. So that that's quite cle- that's a clever answer. Uh, but Tim, would would you have had any better idea? Can you go closer? I am going to be honest. I wouldn't. I saw that this story broke yesterday while I was mm. travelling back from uh, our event in Birmingham, yeah. and I am ashamed to say that I have not yet read it. I say mm. yesterday. This is Sunday. Exactly. It broke four days ago uh, yesterday. Um, So uh, it is actually 80% after the court found uh, that it was entitled to the charitable discount, even though the gym largely caters to more well-off members. Uh, So uh, read up uh, on the website for more on that. And there may well be a dedicated On The Case podcast coming your way next week. Uh, So look out for that as well. Uh, Tim. Your first question, which company has spun out its restructuring business as a separate entity? That is uh, Averson Young. And for a completely fictional bonus, Mark, can you uh, name the separate entity? I can do that. Uh, Akanksha, would you have been able to do that? No, I can't do Uh, that. It is. You can't steal a point then. So it's Watling Real Estate. It's a very arbitrary point allocation process that I always follow in this quiz. Uh, but I think that makes it a very exciting nil-nil. Oh, no, one-nil, because you've got Averson Young. There you go, Tim. You get a, you, you're in the lead, one-nil. Always so, so tense. <laughs> a cancer. Can you pull level? Carter Jonas has poached Richard Bruce from which rival to serve as its new CEO? 
Oh, God. Really didn't read the mag this week. Um, <laughs> Too busy writing, as always. Yes. Uh, I'm just going to take another guess. Jello? It is not. Tim, do you know the answer? That was pretty. I mean, it, I would have said that was a good shot. Um, you know, one of that peer group. It was uh, Collier's. It was oh. indeed. And Tim, who is Bruce replacing after a remarkable 26 years in the role? I forget his name, but these are all bonus. These are the bonus points. Oh no, I wouldn't have got a bonus. <laughs> no, this is your. There. This is your. This is your question. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That's um, that's, that's all right. Apologies, apologies, Mark Granger. Uh, it's a temporary uh, omission on Tim's part. It was Mark Granger. Uh, question five uh, for Akanksha. Uh It's our missing word headline round. Why regulation is needed to tackle blank? And it's a double blank. Uh, why regulation is needed to tackle blank? Embodied carbon. Yes. It is embodied carbon. Nice. Uh, this is Julia's Q&A with Will Atnold of the Institute of Structural Engineers, an advocate of reuse of existing buildings. And Tim, uh, finally, I make no apologies for the fact that this one is a little bit of a shameless plug Ministers join powerhouse lineup for scientific blank. Superpower. It is uh, just superpower. Well, I, I, would superpower? Yeah, okay, that would have yeah, done. Yeah. This is EG's creating a scientific superpower event in partnership with Bidwells on the 28th of June. Uh, head to our website for more details on how you can hear Grant Shapps, Chloe Smith, and no doubt more luminaries on how to create a scientific superpower. The lineup, Roughly the lineup for that event is absolutely fantastic. So everyone should definitely, um, definitely get themselves queued up for it. Good. Uh, although creating scientific superpowers uh, is very dangerous, as I learned watching uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse last <laughs> night, uh, and, and a lifetime of other exposure to, to the dangers of uh, scientific superpowers. Lastly, <laughs> Tim, uh, you will have no doubt noted. Uh, how last weekend Shantae threw down one heck of a gauntlet, adding the all-time classic uh, No Scrubs to the EGLSM certified bangers playlist. So, I mean, how do you how do you possibly follow TLC? I didn't realise it was a throwing down of a of a gauntlet. I thought this was I I had viewed this as quite a collaborative um initiative so um my, i'm so just trying to, in, in, trying to inject some drama a bit of drama and my choice this week is actually um this actually goes out to my co-dj who is missing in action so uh we have missed shante from the newsroom for uh most of this week because she's been in dublin for the mm -hmm. british council for offices annual conference now she was very excited about this trip not just because um she gets to come back with lots of juicy office intel that means she'll probably be on this podcast again next week but also, because despite Shantae's Irish heritage, she had never been to Ireland before this event. This was her first trip to, um, as she put it, the motherland, <laughs> which is, um, I'm actually in the same boat. I'm, I, I've got to do the maths again now. I'm, I'm a quarter Irish on my dad's side, and I've mm. never been to Ireland. And unlike Shantae, I drink Guinness. Mm. So I haven't really got, I haven't really got the excuse. Well, so maybe now, maybe as we speak now, Shante does speak Guinness, having been to the to the homeland. We'll find speak out next Guinness, week. Maybe drinking it. Speak Guinness. No, drink Guinness. Guinness. <laughs> anyway, I've picked a song that is about embracing your Irish heritage, uh, even if it is only um, only a quarter, and it is Irish Celebration by Macklemore and Ryan Lewis. Now. Macklemore has done a lot of very corny songs over the years, and this is definitely one of them. I think he does. He, I think he tries to do the accent. 
he definitely raps about Guinness. And I remember mentioning a Macklemore song to Shante once and her whole face crumpled and I, as if I'd lost any sort of hip hop credentials that I'd had whatsoever. But I don't care because I still think it's a banger. So there we go. Irish Celebration by Macklemore and Ryan Lewis. Pour yourself a Guinness and enjoy. And it is now officially certified as a banger because it is on a certified bangers playlist. So I said it. You put it on the playlist. It's a certified banger. There we go. We'll see. We'll see what Shantae makes of that. Um, hopefully next week. Horrified. Uh, thank you, <laughs> thank you uh, to you both. Uh, we will be back next week with another episode of EG Like Sunday Morning. <laughs>